I'm going to do the scripture reading tonight. I don't know if you're like me, but I am already way out of control on the sugar. Today, sugar all day. And I was like, I was, I was, I was going on a high, and then I just went down on a low. And now with the worship, I'm going back on a high. So I've got to preach while I'm up here. And um, I want to preach uh, from the, uh, the Christmas story from Matthew chapter 1. And uh, I'll be starting in verse 18, and then I'll say a few things about this passage. This is kind of Christmas from Joseph's perspective. In the Gospel of Luke, you kind of get Mary's perspective. So tonight's kind of Joseph's perspective. And uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother... Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. But knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. We've been doing a series of sermons here at Crosspoint called In the Names of Jesus. And tonight we're reviewing the last name that uh, that we want to look at as a church. And that is that when Jesus was born, he was given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What we believe, and the reason why we've taken time to come together to celebrate Jesus Christ, is because we believe that the greatest gift that God has given to humanity is himself. And he's given himself in the person of Jesus Christ. God with us. Jesus is Emmanuel. And Matthew really loves this theme of God being with us. In fact, at the beginning of the gospel, we have Jesus being called Emmanuel, God with us. And then in the very last verse of the gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus himself said, I will be with you to the end of the world. We believe that Jesus came to be with us in terms of God being for us and ultimately God being with us as we go through life. And so we ask ourselves, when we say that God is with us, or Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, what is it exactly that we believe? I mean, in what way is God with us? And there's kind of two primary ways I want to look at tonight in God being with us in the person of Jesus Christ. First of all, it is our conviction that Jesus came to pay the penalty of our sin. God is with us in terms of Jesus coming ultimately to pay the penalty for our sins. The angel says to Joseph in a dream, he will come and he will take away the sins of the people. In Jesus Christ, uh, what has been reunited is what's been divided in humanity. Humanity has been divided from God. 
that when all human beings are born into this world, we're born separated from God. And the reason why we're separated from God is because we choose to be in rebellion against God. But not only is our separation from God our own choosing, but it's also God's decision to be separated from us. God reveals himself as a holy God. God reveals himself as a righteous God. And God has decided himself, I will separate myself from sinful humanity because to mix with unclean sinful humanity would defile my holiness. And the only way that this division can be reunited is in the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was born, he was the God-man, and in his very nature, he reunites what's been divided. You see, the truth is, for you and I, the, the, the greatest things that we want, God has. God has everything we want. God has love. God has truth. God has holiness. God has righteousness. God has power. God has strength. I remember when I was a kid, and I've been, I always look out at the families, and uh, I've got four daughters. When I was growing up, uh, it was just me and my brothers, and I had two older brothers. And, uh, and I remember a couple of things about Christmas time. Number one, I always got beat up at some point in time. Amen. But the other thing was, we always got like army things, you know what I mean, and castles, and, and we always did like wars and things like that. We don't do that a lot in my house. It's more like Barbie and stuff like that, but we'll talk about that another day. But, but we always got like things, and we would fight, and we, would, we wanted strength, and we wanted, to be, we wanted to be strong. And you know who's the strong one? Who's the mighty one? God is. God, strength comes from God, and we want that, but we're separated from that, you see. And we've all chosen to be separated, and he's chosen to be separated from us. He said, I cannot give you my strength. I cannot be connected to you because you've rebelled against me. You and I, all of us, as we say at Cross Point Church, it's very controversial, but we're really jacked up. Can I get an amen? And God can't be connected to jacked up people. It's just not possible. Because the moment he does, then he's no longer holy. He himself becomes jacked up if he connects with us. And so... God has everything we want, and what we have in us is everything that God hates. It's not that God hates us as people. It's what he hates in our heart, and what's in our heart is a desire to turn our back against God. And there's nothing that we can do to, to, to fix that, you see. There's nothing we can do to make that right. And what Jesus came to do in his very person is he came to give us what we most desire and to present to God on our behalf what God requires, which is righteousness. And that's when you and I believe in Jesus Christ, what happens is, is we get made righteous in Christ in the presence of God so that he can wrap his arms of love around us and so that we can receive all of the resources that you and I have been longing for and desiring. The greatest gift that God gives to us is himself. And what ultimately happens is Jesus is born in a cave. He's born in a manger ultimately to die on a cross. To die on a cross as our substitute. The story of Christianity is the story of a broken friendship. A breach in love and relationship. And how many of y'all know about broken relationships? How many of y'all have experienced maybe family division or friendship division? How many of y'all have had good friends in your life where everything's going great and then there's a, a breach in the relationship? And that's what's happened between us and God. 
And what Jesus comes to do is he comes to be a peacemaker. And what Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 says that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Man, that's a good place for an amen. God sent forth his son. Oh, amen. There's your gift. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And I know that there's somebody here, I know for a fact, in a crowd this size, young or old, or somebody in between, maybe people of every age group or or economic group, there is somebody here who doesn't think that being reconnected to God is that big a deal. You don't think God is relevant to the real business of life, but I assure you, he is relevant to the real business of life. And to be reconnected to him is to have life. It's to have light. To have a relationship with God is everything. And it's the source of all of our other relationships. Why do you think we love? Why do you think we hate? Why do you think we desire justice? Because we were made in God's image. And our hearts are restless until our hearts rest in God. And our hearts cannot rest in God until we come to Christ like the wise men. Till we come to Christ like the shepherds. Till we come and finally investigate and doubt our doubts and say, You know what? I do need God. And this one whom they celebrate is the one that's going to reconcile me to God. See, Jesus came to redeem us. He came to reconcile us. He came to put back together a broken relationship between us and God. And when he died on the cross, it is our conviction that he paid the penalty for our sins. And so when we say Jesus is Emmanuel, what we're saying is that God is for us by paying the price that we owed, the debt we paid. We Americans, we know about debt. We we know all about that. And imagine having an infinite amount of debt with God, and there's no way we could ever pay it back. And Jesus paid the whole price. He was born in a cave to die on a cross to be a part of your life. And it is our night, tonight, no other night, not to reject that, but to accept that and say, that's my conviction. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is with us. But not only is it our conviction that Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sins. But Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, because number two, it is our comfort that he came to deliver us from the power of sin and powers of darkness. In fact, this is more of the emphasis of this passage, this dream that Joseph had. Joseph is being told that Mary's pregnancy is not a sign of her sin. You see, can you imagine Joseph, young carpenter guy, his whole career is ahead of him. You know what I mean? He just got the big contract from Herod. He's going to build the city of Sepphoris. And he goes over there, and he's got this big contract, and he's got this young, cute, little small town uh, girl, Mary, and they're going to be married. And then suddenly she comes to him and says, you know what? I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? And he's like, how did it happen? And she comes up with this crazy God story. God did it. And you know what some of us do when people start bringing up God? We go, whatever. And that's what Joseph did. Joseph was a good man, though. He wasn't going to shame her. He was going to quietly divorce her. 
And an angel had to come to her, come to him in a dream and say to him, listen, Joseph, her being pregnant is not a sign that she has sinned. Her being pregnant is a sign that God is going to deliver us from our sins. Jesus is going to come and save us from our sins. Now, what's he saying there? He's not just talking about paying the penalty of our sin on the cross, although that's a massive part of that message. The real message is, is just like Moses delivered the Israelites from bondage, Jesus comes to deliver us from the bondage of our sins. Because you know what sin does in our life? Do you know what happens to us when we're in rebellion with God on a daily basis? We are miserable. Sin makes us miserable. We're in bondage. We're stuck. We, we enjoy doing things that hate us and that we hate. It's a very weird, complicated human condition, isn't it? And Jesus comes to be a part of our daily life. God with us is not just some kind of church thing that we celebrate a historical event 2,000 years ago. That's a part of it. But ultimately, Jesus being with us is about him daily delivering us and liberating us from sin. The hope for ongoing change in our life. The hope for ongoing growth and health and maturity is found in the presence of a daily walk with Christ. Jesus came to give us a victorious life over sin and bondage and entrapment to the things that destroy our lives. And not only to things and sins, but to the powers of darkness, to demonic powers. He came to destroy the works of the devil in our life. Can I get an amen? I'm getting warmed up. Somebody better bring me a cookie and remind me we got to go home. You see, he came to take away attitudes in our life, actions, activities that bind us, hurt us, place us in difficult positions. The greatest gift we have tonight is the hope of ongoing liberation. God with me today is Jesus. Some churches act like that celebrating Jesus is just this traditional thing that we kind of do as opposed to it being a daily relationship of God. God is at work in our life now. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us now. Our faith in Christ should be activated now, tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. Every day should be another incarnation of the presence of God in our life. You say, what are some of the ways that God is with us through Jesus delivering us today in comfort? Number one, he delivers us from temptation. One of the first verses I memorized when I converted to Christ, I converted as a late teenager. And the first passage that I ever committed to memory, which I'm reading off my iPad, I have no idea why I'm reading that, but... 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. God is faithful, or we could say, God is with us, who will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And then there's the application in verse 14, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. What are the things that you're looking to tonight to be your functional saviors? What are the toys that you're hoping to get tomorrow that you're looking to to bring you happiness or fulfillment that can never take the place of what only God can do in your life? Jesus is a a daily Savior delivering us from temptation. 
And that gives us hope. That means that change is, is possible in our life. Real change. We can, we can be changed by Christ. We don't have to settle for the same old bondages, the same old attitudes. We don't have to be the same person week after week, year after year. We can continue to grow and flourish and mature in a context of grace. We can overcome temptation. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But here's the second thing. Not only temptation, but affliction. Some of us, we're not maybe struggling with temptation, but affliction, suffering, difficulties. Christmas can be a season where we're reminded of our acute problems, of the things that are really bothering us. People remember, maybe some of you have lost a family member this week or this year. And this is the season when it really hurts because you miss them right now and you're going through affliction. Or maybe some of you, uh, you've gone through the affliction of sickness this year and it's been really tough. Or maybe you're going through the affliction of financial difficulties and you don't have as many presents as you would like to have. You know, this life, not only are we jacked up, this world is jacked up, amen? And we go through so much in this world. And you turn on the TV and there's affliction everywhere. There's always going to be affliction in the Middle East. There's always going to be affliction in politics. Good grief, affliction. It's depressing. And I know when I was a kid, I loved Christmas. Man, as I get older, I'm like, man, this is just stressful. And I'm more reminded of the, of the things I lack sometimes. And you know what? Jesus can be our comfort. Jesus came to be God with us, to walk with us through the fires of life, through the affliction. Jesus is not the light at the end of the tunnel. Jesus is the light in our tunnel. Jesus is the light in our darkness. Jesus is the one who walks with us through the waters of life, through the fires of life. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us today, going through our affliction. Here's the last one, and then I'll be done. Jesus is our direction. He gives us direction. Have you ever noticed about the Christmas story? You know, we, lo- we love it as, we love the story. It's just such a great story because you got shepherds and you got wise men and you got Mary and you got angels and everybody's going places, right? They're always going like different places and, and people are being instructed where to go and Gabriel's got to go to like two different locations and talk to people and then Mary and Joseph got to ultimately go down to Bethlehem and register and the wise men have to c- travel far from the east and follow the star and then you got all this stuff and then like ultimately like Joseph and Mary have to flee Herod because Herod's trying to kill them and there's all this direction and here's the good news about our life sometimes we don't know exactly where we're going but you and I can take comfort that Jesus will lead us in our life some of you you need direction you don't know what you're going to be doing in 2015 you're like man God what's next we need some direction right now I need to know what your will is right now and I assure you that as you walk in Christ he will be your light he will direct you he will be Emmanuel God with us he came to give us direction to tell us when to go to Egypt to tell us when to go to Bethlehem to tell us when to go to Nazareth to tell us how to seek God and worship him with great joy Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, and we can take great comfort in the direction he provides. Amen? And so the big question for you and I, I mean, we got to get honest. This can't be a sentimental moment. 
This can't be superficial. It doesn't matter. Even, even you kids, you boys and girls tonight, this is God talking even to you. And you know what God's saying to you little ones? God is saying, I love you, and I want you to have a relationship with me. I don't want this just to be another church event. I want this to be real in your life. And for those of you who are adults and you got important things and you got important responsibilities, I get it. But you know what? We need to have childlike faith, and we need to surrender to God and come to Christ and believe in him and say, Christ, be God to me. Be God for me. Be God with me because I need you in my temptation, my affliction, in direction. I need you in my life to reconcile me to God and reconcile me to people in my life. Help me, Jesus. Be God with me, Jesus. We need to humble ourselves. We live in a very proud world. We're so strong and so important. And you know what God wants us to do is just get real low and real simple and childlike and say, you know what? I want you to be the important one, God. I want you to be the strong one. I'm ready to surrender to you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to call the ushers to come forward. We're going to get get your candles ready. And I'm just going to pray. But I'm going to ask you, if you're not a Christian tonight, what a better night. Christmas Eve, 2014, you can become a Christian by calling on the name of Jesus. The Bible says anybody who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, will be forgiven of all their sins, will be delivered, and then you'll have the presence of Christ in your life walking with you. And I want to call you to believe in Christ tonight. But for those of us who are believers, let's just pray. And let's give them our temptations tonight. Let's make this a real powerful, simple moment in our life and say, Jesus, be my light. And when you're holding your candle tonight, ask yourself, how do you need Jesus to be your light right now? Do you need Jesus to forgive you of sin? He will. Do you need Jesus to be with you in affliction and difficulty and suffering? He will be with you. Do you need direction in your life? Man, let that candle be a symbol of Jesus being the light to your path. Really come to Christ and really worship him now in the simplicity. And that's for everybody. That's for you little ones too. Y'all can, t- y'all can talk to Jesus. Jesus wants to hear from you tonight. So you be thinking about Jesus as you hold your candle. You have your mom and dad hold your candles, okay? And let's just stand as I pray. And uh, the ushers are going to come forward. And when I'm done praying, you ushers, then you can start. And what's going to happen is they'll light the candle at the, at the, on the inside. And then you guys are going to pass the light to each other. So once the first guy's lit, pass it on. Don't burn anybody. Let's not burn down the place. Can I get an Amen. We want it to be powerful, but not hot. So I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We thank you that you were born in this world for real reasons. You are a real down-to-earth God. You're a God that comes down-to-earth into our real problems, the real dirt of our life. You came. You don't come to give us an evaluation. You come to adopt us, to cleanse us, to be God with us. God the Father, we thank you because we know that if you did not spare your own son, how will you not freely give us all things tonight? God, be everything to us. Be the living water welling up in our hearts in a dry and thirsty land. Be the God and shepherd that shepherds us through difficult terrain in our life. Be the God and the lover of our soul. Be the judge that reminds us of what righteousness really is. Be the holy and beautiful one. May our hearts be lifted up to you tonight. But be the light in our world. Be the light to our path. Be the light, Jesus, to God. Not only enlighten uh, our hearts to what we're supposed to do, but enlighten our hearts to how great and beautiful you are, God. 
Show us, help our hearts to fully acquiesce and to surrender to you. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we worship you. We thank you that you came to die for our sins and you came to be God with us every day of our life to deliver us from the power of sin. We worship you. You are the light. If you're not a a Christian, just say this in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I'm ready to be a Christian. I'm ready to be counted with all the other believers through the centuries. I'm ready to be a part of the imperfect family that you're putting together, and yet it's perfect in Christ's righteousness. I'm ready to be a part of the multicolored kingdom that you're preparing for eternal worship and glory. I'm ready to give you my sin and my bondage and my brokenness and my darkness. I exchange my unrighteousness for your righteousness, my hatred for your love, my brokenness for your healing. Come into my life, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you defeated death. I want you in my life tonight. Amen and amen.